Ladies and gentlemen, the bell has rung and class is back in session. Welcome back to Saturday High School where we discuss the shows, the characters, and the stories that made us relive high school on the weekends after we hated it five days a week in the 90s. I'm your host Michael B and I'm here to talk about everything about the TV shows, both the sitcoms and the dramas that we watched on the weekends in the 90s. From shows like Saved by the Bell to shows like Student Bodies. We're going to talk about all that that we loved and even some of the things that we hated. So welcome back and let's get into this latest podcast episode. All right, guys and girls, for this episode, we're going to be talking about one show and one show only, and that is Hang Time. On September 9th, 1995, the first episode of Hang Time premiered. So yesterday was the 25th anniversary of this show. And even though, as I've said earlier, there's another show of TNBC that I actually ranked higher than this show, I would be so, I wouldn't feel good about myself if I did not spend at least an episode celebrating the 25th anniversary. I mean, this show has brought us many, many star actors, many, many plot lines, even if some of them were quote unquote cheesy and kind of redundant and maybe quote unquote Saved by the Bell reruns. This show was iconic by bringing together high school and basketball and showing what happens when you allow someone with the talent of Julie, go ahead and be a part of a, a team, a squad, regardless of the fact that she may be a female on a male's team. Like I said, Hang Time had some of this cheesiness, say by the Bell stuff that, you know, you would expect on a Saturday morning sitcom, but it's still so iconic in so many ways. So we have to spend some time, at least, at least one episode to, to discuss it and celebrate it. To be honest, we we had some hang time stuff in the mix to be shared later anyway, but I think it's best we go ahead and do it now. So for those of you who do not know what hang time is, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do. Hang time is again about a show and set in Deering, Indiana, where a where a transfer from Chicago, her name is Julie, tries out and makes the men's basketball team. For whatever reason, Deering does not have a female basketball team, so for her to play basketball, she has to be on the men's team, and she makes them in varsity initially as the point guard. And then we spend six seasons spending time with Julie and her friends in high school as they go to playoffs and championships, but also go to classes and talk about dances and all the other things that happen during high school. This show had a lot of people that went on to be big stars, which we'll talk about, like Hilary Tuck, who started in the first season and went on to do things like Honey, I, I Shrunk My Kids and other movies and TV shows. And of course, the biggest star, arguably the biggest star out of the entire TNBC lineup, um, starting this show for two seasons. That, of course, is Anthony Anderson, who is now still killing it not only as a star of his own show in Blackish, but also executive producer of the Blackish family with Mixish and Gronish. But Hang Time as a concept about a high school show about a sports team had its uniqueness being 
being on Saturday mornings and allowed us to see what it was like being a high school athlete in the 90s. So for this podcast, we're going to be talking about the, what I consider the best episodes. Now, again, Hang Time had its cheesiness. It had its redundancy. It had as a show that was taken over by executive producer Peter Engel in the second season. It kind of had some storylines where you look at it and it's like, hmm, you can definitely tell this was a Saved by the Bell type show because I saw that storyline on Saved by the Bell before. However, it still had a good mix of comedy as well as some quote unquote dramatic moments that made the show enjoyable and people still to this day watch some of the shows on YouTube. But we won't be we won't be harping too much on the bad things uh, about this show since we are celebrating the anniversary of Hang Time. We may, however, harp on some of the crazy things that that we like, but we're crazy. But we are going to talk about the what what I consider the top ten episodes ever of Hang Time. So let's get into it. All right. So before I get into this countdown, a couple of ground rules of how this list is going to work. Okay, number one, Hang Time lasted for six seasons and had over a hundred episodes. So in this list, I made sure to have at least one episode from each of the six seasons. So each season is represented in this countdown. Number two, yes, because there's over a hundred episodes, it was very hard to pick a top 10, but I did. However, I did have some honorable mentions, and if you listen into our other episodes this season, when I do top 10 lists, I usually mention the honorable mentions first. I'm not going to do that this time. I'm actually going to leave them at the end, mainly because it helps put context to these honorable mentions before I mention the number one, number one episode. So I'm going to save those at the end, and we're actually going to start at number 10. So let's do that. So at number 10 is from season one, and that is the episode called Let's Get Ready to Rumble. So let's get into it. Why do I like this episode? One of the main reasons I like this episode, I think this is the episode which happened in the middle of season one, is where Mary Beth really gets to shine. The main plot line of this episode is Mary Beth and Chris have been fighting and fighting and they've shown that they're complete opposites. So the main storyline is that she runs into a friend that she used to know when she was younger, who is not from another background, but the same background as her. Um, his name is Charles and she ends up going on a platonic date with him and ends up kissing him and realizing that her and Chris are so different that they really shouldn't be together at this point. The serious, serious enough it is, is that it was Julie of all people, Chris's future love interest, that catches them kissing. But Mary Beth does the right thing and actually tells Chris first and they end up breaking up in a more friendly manner and they agree to become friends. But the main thing about this plot line, you get to see what a lot of us love about Mary Beth. You kind of get to see the selfishness by but with her flirting with this character without telling Chris, without even kissing this character, without Chris knowing at first to show that she wasn't considering his feelings, but also the resolve of it showing how, 
how much of a good friend she wanted to be with Julie when she got caught and doing the right thing and actually telling Chris and breaking up with Chris in a in a friendly manner manner. And if you know this series at all, like the evolution of Mary Beth as a character, many people would consider her the lead character over Julie in many cases. But I feel like this is the episode where Mary Beth gets to shine and we and we see her set up to have have a better plot line and thorough line throughout the rest of the series. After all, with Julie, she's only one of the two characters that have been on every episode of the entire series and has been in every season. But remember, this is a comedy. So what episode of a sitcom would be good without any comedy at all? Now, the comedic part is not the breakup. The comedic part is the team spending Saturday at at Coach Fuller's house to watch the Mike Tyson fight. So you have the subplot line of Danny and Sam, Danny lying to Sam rather because he wanted to spend time with the guys at Coach's house for the fight, but they usually go on dates on Saturday nights. So of course, Danny lies to her and the guys egg on saying that he should be a man and he should has to be able to spend time with the guys without her, with, without her permission. And of course, but if you watch the show at all, you know Sam is like the coolest girlfriend ever. So as soon as she catches him, and she does, she she tells him all you had to do was tell the truth. And of course, Sam being the coolest coolest girlfriend ever, actually knows more about boxing than Danny does. So she's end up on the couch, watching the game with the guys, talking with Coach Fuller about how Tyson should, should win the fight. And that's... The awesomeness of Sam is probably a, a subject for another podcast, but we'll get into that in a second. But that's one of the reasons I love this episode, because you kind of actually see a episode with the whole team together kind of involve the same plot line. You get to see the emergence of Mary, Mary Beth. And of course, if if you watch the season, you know that they're trying to set up Chris and Julie um, f- from the get go. So the episode ends with Chris and Julie playing a one on one kind of foreshadowing like the reason that Chris and Mary Beth had to break up so Chris and Julie can officially be together. So I like this episode because when we don't get a, when we think about hang time, you really don't talk about the first season because it wasn't produced by Peter Engel. So most people, when they talk about hang time, they don't talk about Earl. They don't talk about Michael. Um, they may not even talk about Sam, even though Sam is probably one of the most beloved characters of all of Team BC, much less hang time. But this episode, you know, as far as the top 10 list shows like where they're going with Mary Beth, kind of the cast starting to jail. Um, I think the comedic part of, of Danny and Sam is also the comedic part of uh, uptight Coach Fuller, I think makes it a great episode and that's why it makes the top 10. But again, it's only the 10th episode on this list, so let's get into the next episode. Alright, so at number 9 on this list, we're going to actually skip a few seasons from season 1 and go into um, one of the later seasons. So at number 9, we have Love Triangle at season 4. So let's get into it. Why do I love this episode so much? Because this episode, Love Triangle, is exactly that. It's about the 
evolution or rather the beginning of Hammer and Mary Beth. Um, just, a, just a warning, you're going to hear me mention a lot about uh, Mary Beth in this countdown because I think some of her plot lines help carry a lot of the episodes, both mentioned and not mentioned in hang time. But with this particular episode, you see Mary Beth being the friend that I told you about in Let's Get Ready to Rumble and truly be the friend trying to set up her, her best friend Christy with Hammer. Now, there was a couple episodes before this episode where they kind of showed that Christy had a crush on Hammer. So it wasn't an out of, out of the blue thing that they were possibly setting this pairing up. Instead, this is supposed to be the, you know, the plot twist where instead of setting up, officially setting up Hammer and Christy, they twist it on us and show that Hammer should be with Mary Beth. Now, this is season four. So Vince has already gone to college with Teddy. And broken up with her so she wasn't dating anybody new at this time and chubby chuck or charles from season one was nowhere to be found so it's interesting that she did all of this in order to set up her her friend christy but also but also ended up showing that she had feelings for hammer herself now hammer was a a ladies man it seemed like with his motorcycle and um with other things, he was like a more smoother Vince without the New York accent. He was he was not trying to be settled down by anybody. So it was kind of interesting that of all people, he would try to want to get with Mary Beth. But they kind of explain that storyline well. And of course, you see the evolution in the episode where she said, literally said she hadn't felt any that way about anybody ex since Vince. And that they weren't going that she wanted to actually feel those feelings again but at the same time she tried to be smart about it she tried to be considerate of her best friend is like i'm not going to do this i know my best friend has a crush on you and wants to date you i would not do that to my best friend which is interesting considering what we're going to discuss about mary beth later in the podcast but i think that's probably one of the best stories the show the evolution of her as a character because the old season one Mary Beth wouldn't have had a problem with that. It's like, I'll, he liked you great. He may like you great, but he likes me and, you know, I find him cute. So that, so it is what it is, but that's not the Mary Beth in season four. And, and as I discussed on the couples podcast, I liked Mary, Mary Beth and Nick Hammer. I thought they were a great match, not as good a match as her and Vince, but I thought they were a great match specifically storing how they actually got to that point. So this is one of the episodes that revolves around a dance. And, you know, you, you have the the big kind of uh, blow up between Mary Beth and Christy. But of course, it's a sitcom and it resolves itself at the end that Christy forgives Mary Beth and kind of, quote unquote, gives permission for Mary, Mary Beth and Nick Hammer to to date. Um, at the end of the episode, um, one thing I will say about this episode, because it was centered around the triangle, you didn't see much between, um, the coach as well as the rest of the characters. Michael and Julie are definitely already established, so they don't need much of a, they don't need much of a, of an introduction or, or a plot line here. You have Silk and Nico 
you know, trying to find dates. But again, you don't see much of an introduction, uh, much of a plot line with them in this episode. But because of the strength of uh, the, the Nick and Mary Beth's plot line, I have to put this on this list. But like I said, there's always some caveats with these episodes. And that's one of the one things. It wasn't a, a well-rounded episode as compared to some of the others on this list. But that's what I have at number nine, which is a love triangle from season four. All right, so at number eight on this list, we're actually going to jump one season from season four to season five. So at number eight on this list is Hello and Goodbye from season five. So why this episode? Why should this episode be on this list? Well, let's get into it. One of the things that is a complaint about TNBC shows with most of them is that at the beginning of each season, they usually have some cast changes. Not every show was like that, but, but most of them were. And what they would do with these cast changes is that they would spend at the beginning of the season premiere, maybe one, one line, maybe two if you're lucky, to explain why so-and-so is not here anymore and so-and-so is. They would even go so far to say that, that a new character, you know, say character A, was here the whole time. They were just on the other side of the school, like Stuart Meek at Some Blowing Meek's World in the, in the season five finale. But what I love about Hello Goodbye is that they actually pulled in two plot lines and actually allowed one guest star to come in as a series regular for the hello and also allowed a series regular to end on a proper note for the goodbye. The goodbye, of course, was Nick Hammer. So the actor um, was contracted to do Young Americans. And, and other stuff, so he elected to leave. But instead of just being written off, they actually spent a whole, well, they didn't spend the whole episode, but we got to see him for the whole episode and we got to see the plot line. That that after a whole season, Hammer was, was offered a scholarship to a program that would allow him to play for Duke in college. But in order to do that, of course, he would have to actually go and leave and not be a part of the Daring Tornadoes anymore. So that was the goodbye part. So we actually had to say goodbye to the team. We actually say goodbye to Mary Beth. But even even with that, he was actually there for the whole episode. We actually got to see, you know, the goodbyes and see him say goodbye to the team and see him interact with the team for the last time. So I specifically love the fact we actually got to see him for the whole episode, even though he was at that episode, he was a technically a special guest star and not a series regular but he also helped welcome the person that who would be replacing him and that would be Antonio played by Jane Jay Hernandez now and we'll just probably discuss this more in the podcast but Jay Hernandez who played Antonio in season four as a guest star he was there for a couple of episodes so technically actually and mentioned in a few others, so technically he was more of a recurring guest star, but he definitely was not a series regular. But the producers, I guess, loved the character and his matchup with Christy so much they decided to bring him on for the final two seasons of Hangtime, and therefore he became a series regular and, became, and his character became a part of the Deering Tornadoes. 
So that's one of the reasons I like this episode, just because of the way they set things up. Um, unfortunately, they they almost kind of kill the momentum of actually sh showing a proper hello again by with what they did with Nico. Now the the character of Nico, who was a who was basically a replacement of Vince in season in season four did vanish out of thin air and did have a one-line plot line that he went to join the wrestling team and quit the basketball team which means technically the the character of nico was off screen but still a part of of daring for the rest of the series even though obviously we never got the song see him again it was actually a char new character of eugene who again was supposedly there from the get-go off screen and all of a sudden comes on screen and like I said that that is probably a complaint that we have for a lot of these TNPC shows but for this particular episode the way they try to handle it with Antonio and with with Nick I have to give uh, give props to the producers and directors and the cast I think it was I think it was well done and allowed and allowed us to really transition into the final into the fifth season and the cast actually stayed the same for the sixth season because season five and season six was was shot as one big final season but they split it up on tnbc so but for this particular episode because i i like the character in the camera i like the relationship between nick and mary beth and how they kind of resolved it to a point which we'll talk about later in the podcast but to actually see the character at least get a goodbye that we know for a fact that will not be, we will not be seeing him on screen every Saturday on hang time. I, I like the fact the way they did it, it, it worked for me. Um, if you liked the character Heron, you may not like the fact that he actually left and therefore this may not be a, a favorite episode of yours, but I think overall, kind of elite in that respect I think it was a great episode to send them off and I'm glad that they did it while at the same time I was kind of glad that they saw the potential in a in a guest star character and decided to bring him on to be a, a series regular and that's why this this episode stands out as one of the best episodes of hang time so again at number eight we have hello and goodbye from season five all right, so in number seven on this list, I have a episode that, in my opinion, is considered the first big dance of fame time. So at number seven, I have Harvest Moon from season two. So let's get into it. So why this episode? Why would this episode be on the list of the best episodes of hang time? One, again, it's the first big dance of the of the series, in my opinion. And even Coach Fuller talks about it at the beginning. It's like, oh, this is supposed to be the most romantic light of the year. And he, you know, his plot line is that he hates it. And the fact that he has to organize it and actually have the dance in the gym where they will, where the, where the dancers will quote unquote scuff the gym floor. You know, that's part of the comedic part of this episode. Um, two, um, I believe that this episode shows the true, at least starts the true comedic potential of the trio of Teddy and Vince and Danny. When you see them in the mall trying to help Danny pick up girls and them fighting and them being together and trying to console him, I believe this shows like this is why they kept putting these three together. They were comedic gold together with the outrageousness of Teddy, the stupid funny 
of Vince and as well as the self-deprecation funny, sarcastic funny of Danny. I believe this episode is really where it starts off and continues on through season three. Um, but also the true comedic potential of Danny, or excuse me, of Teddy is also shown here when they have his little side plot line of him wanting to DJ the dance for Amy, but he can't DJ the dance because he doesn't feel comfortable doing it without in his nighttime attire, his pajamas. So he ends up, you know, DJing the dance in his pajamas, which I don't think would ever really happen in a real high school because I believe most high schools have dance dress code, just like they have dress code for for regular classes. But, you know, it's a sitcom on TNBC, so why not have somebody DJ in their in their pajamas? I just hope he got paid for it. They never said that. Um, Speaking of Danny's date, um, this is the, one of the callback pop lines is that at the beginning of the season, they had Sam, they, Sam of course left the show, but they had her off screen in college dating Danny long distance. This is the episode where Danny gets a, a Dear John letter from Sam saying that she broke up with him because she found another guy who was an archeology span major that was going to a six month dig in Guatemala and she's going with them which I don't know if they if they would allow her to do that being a freshman in college but again you know that's that was just an I guess an excuse just to make sure that Danny was free and clear to date other people on screen anyway that is that is the the main one of the main plot lines of this episode where Danny finds a Sam lookalike dates her and you know they give all these jokes about um, that looks like Sam, like I thought you were bringing Sam and, and lo and behold, even Paige even comes out and actually talks to the girl and says, Sam, I'm, I'm glad you made it. You've been here for so long because that's all Danny talked about for the first couple episodes of season two was Sam. So I think that was probably a great comedic point on his end, but also showed that, you know, sometimes long distance relationships also, also end. Sometimes they don't end you know, the best way possible. Um, but but the comedic part of the way Danny found a Sam lookalike, I think is probably one of the best parts of this episode. But of course, um, there's two other plot lines in this episode which make it which make it one of the one of the greats. One is this episode really sets up the the eventual pairing of Josh and Julie. And Julie wanting to ask Josh to dance um, or wanting to get asked by Josh to the dance, but having to, but main wanting to set up the initiative to ask her himself, but she's uh, too afraid to do it. And then Josh being, you know, tippy-toeing around asking Julie, they do end up going together and then find out after dancing that they like each other. And of course, then Josh and Julie are, are paired up for the rest of the season. Of course, the other, speaking of dating, the other main plot line is the fact that Mary Beth and Vince are kind of competing about who can have the best date. And this kind of shows, makes it so apparent that if you haven't got, if you don't realize right now that Mary Beth and Vince are originally going to be together, um, I will say this episode doesn't try to hit it on the hammer, you know, hit it on the, be so blatant about it as, as other episodes, which maybe one or two of them we may discuss later on in the podcast, but this actually shows it. And I like the fact that ever since they tried to set up this 
this dynamic between Mary Beth and Vince from from the first episode of season two, winning isn't everything. We actually see, get to see more of it play out, and it's it's for good comedic stuff. Seeing you know Mary Beth and Vince you know banter with each other, but I kind of I like this episode because it gets to show what it's like for this team out really outside of basketball, even if the dance was on the gym floor. And you actually get to see a different side in the sense of Coach Fuller in season two. And you actually get to see what the true potential, comedic potential of the cast, specifically the three that I talked about, would be with Harvest Moon. So that's why I have Harvest Moon at number seven. All right, so now we're here at number six of the best episodes of Hang Time. And it's so interesting that at number six, I actually have an episode from season six, the last season from of hang time so the episode at number six is life 101 from season six so let's get into it why why this episode should be on on the countdown because this episode as we talked about with nick kind of finishes up the storyline between nick and mary beth so again as i discussed earlier in the podcast on hello and goodbye we actually get an official goodbye from nick's character from the show as a series regular. He is there for the whole episode, but he does leave and we don't see him again until this episode in season six where becomes a special guest star again. So the main plot line of the episode is that both Christy and Mary Beth are preparing for colleges. They are both planning to go to UCLA together. Howard and Hammer who went off to be with a off on the program to become a, a freshman at Duke later decides that he doesn't want to go to Duke. He wants to go to UCLA with Mary Beth and Christy, of course, to be with Mary Beth. However, he doesn't get in. He doesn't have the grades to get to UCLA. So he wants to go somewhere else and he wants Mary Beth to go with him. So she has to decide for herself that she want to stay with the plans to go to UCLA with Christy or actually go off to be with her with her boyfriend to where he's going to go because he didn't get to UCLA. So this episode is about the main plot line of this episode is about Mary Beth showing that she has a self-worth within herself that she's going to decide what she wants to do with her life instead of trying to do it for, you know, the man in her life, which does end up mean that that Nick and Mary Beth uh, break up in this episode. So I because of the way they show real life college decisions, I have to get this episode in the top 10. But here's what I don't like about it. Again, I don't want to harp on some of the things I don't like because I still consider this one of the best episodes of Hang Time because of the message. But I don't like how they did Nick's character in this in this episode. Um, they could have left him off. Um, they could have not brought him back to do this because it makes Nick's character look very selfish. The way he tried to put pressure on Mary Beth to to go with him because he didn't get his dream his dream college, you know, acceptance, um, and it really puts Hammer in a bad light. And like I said, I like um, I like Nick Hammer as a character. I liked Hammer and Mary Beth as a couple, but. Because of the way they portrayed him in this episode, they kind of put him in a bad light. Now, I probably the writers probably considered that a necessary evil, so they can show what decisions that Mary Beth would make and has how she, as a young woman, 
would go to the college of her choice and do what she needed to do. So I understand why they did it. I just didn't like they did it specifically to that character, especially when he was already off screen off and technically out of the show in Mary Best Life. That being said, the message that they did have still worked. And as a fact, this is season six and you actually see the characters realize that high school is not forever. High school is about to end soon and then they get into college life, AKA real life. I like the message that this episode has and that is why I have it in one of the best episodes of all time. And I also try to be a little bit more eject in the fact that some people may have not liked Hammer. Um, they, they may have liked Vince and only Vince and therefore why would they care that, that Nick Hammer changed? Why would, why would they care that Nick Hammer was selfish? It's like they would probably say, of course he was because no one's too good for Mary Beth except for Vince. So when I was evaluating the episodes, I had to think about that as well. While I personally think they did Nick Hammer wrong, other people might not have. And other people might have liked, liked the fact all the more that she chose to, to do what was best for her instead of what was best for Nick. But I do still like the fact that they brought him back for this episode instead of instead of doing it off screen. As a fact, he was a bigger of a star at this point because of Young Americans and some of the other acting jobs that he had done. But but like I said, that was the one sticky point with me. I almost didn't put it on the on the list. But at the same time, considering a lot of the, some of the episodes already on the list talk about Nick. Um, Hammer and Mary Best relationship, having this on, on this list helps to kind of see the full plot line of that. So I'm glad that I that I put this on. Like I said, I was going to have an episode for each season. And if I wasn't going to put Life 101 from season six on here, the one that I would have put would be Graduation on Three, which of course is a series finale. But I felt like there was a bigger message in in Life 101 from season six. And that's why it's on the list of the best episodes of Hang Time. All right, so we've made it to the top five of the best episodes of Hang Time to celebrate the 25th anniversary of Hang Time. But before we get to, the, to number five, let's go ahead and recap what we've, the episodes that we've talked about so far. So at number 10, we have Let's Get Ready to Rumble from season one. And number nine, we have Love Triangle from season four. And number eight, we have Hello and Goodbye from season five. And number seven, we have Harvest Moon from season two. And number six, we have Life 101 from season six. So who do we have at number five? Which are the top five episodes? Which are the starting lineup of the best episodes of Hang Time? So at number five, we're going all the way back to the beginning season. At number five, we have Game Day from season one. So let's get into it. Game Day is the season finale of the first season. This is the last episode before Peter Engel takes over the, sh the show as executive producer and continues to produce it up until the very end. So why is this episode uh, on the list? Well, one, this is the first championship win episode of Hang Time. We actually see the team actually take all that they've learned from Coach Fuller and actually go from a 2-22 losing season to, to, being the, to, to being the league championships. 
Two, I love the fact that the way they told the story, um, they basically tell it with in a kind of a flashback episode where Sam is writing in her diary slash journal about about the game and what they've been through in the season and kind of retells it through flashbacks. Um, again, though, it is a season finale, so they kind of set up what, what would possibly be in, happening in season two. But I love the fact they use Sam as a storytelling plotline to tell the flashbacks. So you have a lot of things going on in this episode besides the actual game. You have Danny and Sam trying to decide if they are just dating or they really love each other with Sam wanting Danny to tell her his true feelings for her, which he ends up doing at the game. He actually takes the microphone during the game and, and tells the world that he loves her. Um, you also have the other main plot line of, of Chris and Julie being a couple, but Mary Beth is still on the sidelines wishing that she was with Chris after just finding out in the episode before that Chris and Julie were officially dating. They were hiding it for a good part of the season. And then Chris's particular plot line is that everyone is, is well, everyone actually is actually um, counting on superstitions in order to help win this game. And supposedly Chris only did well in basketball games after he had a good luck kiss from Mary Beth. So he actually ends up doing that even though he's dating Julie. And and Julie, of course, and Chris get into a big argument about it and affects them on the court. They they start losing, of course, in like in the first half of the championship game. Coach Fuller pulls pulls them together and gets them to help them get over their issues. So Danny tells Sam that he loves her in front of everybody. Earl and Michael get over their issues as well. And then of course, Chris ends up telling Mary Beth that he's into Julie and also tells Julie that he's only, that, he only, that he's only into Julie. And eventually even Mary Beth and Julie, you know, kind of in a sense, make up a little bit so they all, all come together. And of course they win the, win the league championship. And of course, what I think I love about the story, the storyline is at the very end of the episode where, where Sam is actually talking about what happened. She actually has a conversation with Mary Beth and about Chris and Julie. And she's like, well, I do think that me and Chris um, could still make it work. So you never know what may happen. So they're trying to set it up in season two that there's actually going to be a real triangle between Chris and Julie and Mary Beth. Now, as we all know, that that plan was shot out of the water because Chris, Michael, Earl, and even Sam all left the show. So there was no there was no Chris, Julie, Mary Beth triangle at all. But I believe I do believe that 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 was going to happen. But you, like I said, in season one, you, it was a season finale, so you get to see a lot of the things that we saw with all the characters kind of play out um, in this episode. And because it is the first championship win, you actually got to see everybody together, even as a team. Even, even with the triangle going on, you see Mary Beth and Julie being, being friends. You see Sam being the best equipment manager she can be and the best girlfriend. You see, you know, Danny getting over, Danny getting over his fears and telling Sam that, that he loves her. And of course you see them actually play for real basketball specifically 
Chris. They they did well that second half, and you know, a lot of the episodes with Hang Time are about about getting to the championships and winning that championship. So seeing them actually, you know, come together winning a game, you kind of get this feeling, like if you're at, like, you know, in high school, like, oh, we finally won. If you've ever been to a, a real state championship game where where your, your high school team wins, like, it's hard not to feel that feeling. Even though I do believe they did it better in other episodes, to have that feeling of winning a championship, one, I think they did it well in this episode. And I think that's what makes this episode one of the best episodes and if you haven't noticed it yet I feel I don't feel like I feel like that season one doesn't get a lot of credit because it wasn't a Peter Engel produced season but a lot of things that happened in season one I like but I did not put it on my best seasons of TNBC list if you remember but I still love season one hang time as a season but this particular episode the way that it's told with Sam and the flashbacks and how they wrapped up the storylines, I had to put it on on the best um, episodes of Hang Time. And I'm glad that it's here. But it is here at number five because there are four episodes, and in my opinion, that actually outshine it. All right, so let's go right into number four of the best episodes of Hang Time. Now, this episode is yet another championship episode, and I believe this episode did um, was bigger and better as a championship episode than game day. So at number four, we have Fuller's Big Offer at season three. So why this episode? Why, why is this episode um, bigger than game day? Like I said, I believe the way that they put the storyline together with the main plot line of is Coach Fuller leaving the Tornadoes after this season, whether they win or lose, or or will he stay with the team, kind of help bring some of the, the season storylines together to help them win the big championship. But what's interesting to this episode, which I kind of, which would think would take away from it, but it doesn't for me, is the fact there are two endings to this episode. So when I initially watched this episode in 1998, not the original airing, but 1998, I saw the ending of this episode of Coach Fuller deciding that he was going to stay with the Deering Tornadoes for another year and another, and hopefully another championship. He made that decision and he had a big pitch to say, sometimes you should just leave on a high note, but I want to actually stay with the team. And I should have actually pulled the quote, but I didn't. Because the next time that I saw this episode, which was the episode, which was the was the week before season four premiered on TNBC and later in fall of 98, I actually saw them cut short the speech. And he says, some things, sometimes some good things must come to an end. And then they cut it and then, you know, they play the music and have the credits. So he never officially said that he was going to take the position. I have to assume that behind the scenes that they were deciding whether Reggie, Reggie Thewis would actually stay on the, on the, show for another season and initially when they showed the episode I guess they he decided yes and they gave the he gave the speech about you know doing another championship the character that is but I guess when as they got later on in the year of 1998 they just they it wasn't going to be that place so they actually edited the episode to where he didn't where he technically didn't say where he was staying or not 
And when he said all things good come to the end, they cut it. They basically wanted to make them say that this is where he said he was going to leave. And both endings are on YouTube. So it kind of shook me for a bit when I when I saw it the first time, I saw that he was staying. And then I saw it the second time, literally the week before the season, season four premiere. It's like, wait a minute, is he going? And then, of course, seeing the series four premiere and all seeing, seeing Coach K played by Dick Buckus on hang time. Which is interesting in itself because I remember the promos for that next season, which Coach K, where they actually talked to, talked about him. It didn't click in my head that Coach Fuller was not going to be there for the next season until uh, the season four premiere started. But for those of you who, have, who weren't watching it at that time and are watching it on YouTube, both you'll have to look for it, but both endings are there. You'll see the original ending that I saw where he said he was going to stay for a championship, for another championship, and you'll see the ending where he did not, where they cut the, the speech short and, and made it look like he decided to go on. But beyond that, I love the way they, if you compare the, the championship game to season one to this championship game in season three, it was bigger and better and had a lot more at stake than just coming from a losing season to a winning season. And all these plot lines that they had throughout the season were pulled together in this episode. And if you really felt the, the, the excitement of winning a state championship with game day, you'll definitely 100% feel it in, with Fuller's big offer. There's just no way. And of course they had some comedic stuff during, the, during this time as well, but also, but also the main thing was that feeling of finally for real winning this big state championship. Now, the thing about it is that now that we know, you know, in hindsight, this was the last episode that we would get to see Coach Fuller as well as Teddy and Danny and Vince. It makes the episode also much, much more special because seeing those four characters, especially Coach Fuller and Danny, who was there since the beginning. I mean, literally the first character that we meet on hang time is Danny. And then finding out, you know, in season four that they're not there. It makes makes this episode more sentimental in hindsight. But even, but even with that, I love the fact that the whole cast was together. And like I've said in the um, best best seasons of TNBC, I believe this was the best season of Hang Time, season three. But if you get a chance, make sure you watch the episode with both endings. And that's who I have at season. Um, that's who I have at number four on this list. All right, so at number three on this list is an episode that should be should be of no surprise um, if you've been listening to the podcast so far because one of the of the of the plot lines of the series that I that I like that that I've talked about so far is um, the coming together of Mary Beth and Vince. So this episode should be no surprise to be on this list. So at number three, I have Son-in-Law from season two. So let's get into it. Why do I have this episode? Because this is the episode where Mary Beth and Vince finally get together in a couple as a couple and have their first kiss. What I love most about this episode, it does show Vince being full Vince or Vince, Vince turned up from level 10 where she already is to level 15. The main plot line of this episode is that Mary Beth wants attention from her father. 
And Mary Beth being Mary Beth means that she needs to plot to get more attention from her father. So she finds a way to use Vince to pretend that she is dating him in order to get that attention. So two things. One, we don't we don't know exactly how Vince and her father hate each other since besides him supposedly running over his foot with a car. But two, she doesn't tell Vince. So Vince believes that that Mary Beth finally takes a liking to him, which she does later. But he is unaware that that Mary Beth is using him. So they actually go on a fancy date, Mary Beth and Vince with her parents, and Vince unknowingly acts as Vince as he can be the first time around, which is perfect for Mary Beth. Supposedly his father, her father, you know, decides to spend more time with him and she's, it is perfect and she likes it. But Vince starts being a lot more sweeter to Mary Beth and not as you know, confrontational as earlier in the season. And CJ doesn't get it yet until he overhears the plot to keep using Vince in order to get her father's attention. This time, instead of just for spending time, this time for gifts and money. So they actually have another event as a country club and Vince goes so out of the way. You know, like I said, Vince Vince all the way turned up in order to make sure that Mary Beth gets the attention of her father. So first Mary Beth and her father actually make up and actually say, look, if I want, if, if you want me to spend more time with you, please just say so you don't have to go through all this. And I apologize for, for ignoring you. And they have a good heart to heart. And then of course, at the end of the episode, you finally see Mary Beth and Vince finally come together realize that they like each other, finally share that first kiss behind the umbrella, and we see this big storyline with Mary Beth versus Vince finally pay off to what we knew that was going to happen. So that's one of the reasons I like this episode. Now, of course, they still had the plot line of, of the Daring Tornadoes having to play one of their bigger rivals in Remington, and then they also had to talk about certain superstitions like Vince with his umbrella but I'm glad that they showed the main spotlight on Mary Beth and Vince because even though it only lasted two of the six seasons this plot line between two of them is probably one of the best things that hang time has ever did and I'm and I'm glad that they highlighted it so I have since I love Mary and Vince Mary Beth and Vince so much I have to put this episode on this list and I think that once you see the hilarity of Mary Beth and Vince's relationship, both before this episode and after this episode, when they, after this episode when they are, when they actually are for real together, you'll see why son-in-law is on this list at number three. All right, so here we are in number two of the best episodes of Hang Time. We're only one away from the top spot, so let's go ahead and get into this number two episode. So this episode is is from, again, my favorite seasons of Hangtime ever. And this episode is Coach Fuller's Car from season three. Let's get into it. So why would this episode be number two on the list for me? One word, or two words rather, the car scene. 
I love the car scene. So before we get into that, let's talk about the, the main plot of the episode. It's literally in the title, Coach Fuller's Car. Coach Fuller has to take a flight somewhere and he asks the gang to take care of his car and bring his car from the airport to the high school parking lot. The side part of the side point is that Michael has a band called Slam Funk. And then he asks both Mary Beth and Christy to to join his band temporarily as backup singers because the main backup singers got sick somehow from sharing the same microphone. So while while they're doing that and, and playing a frat party, being high school kids, you have Julie and the three amigos, Teddy, Vince, and Danny, driving Coach Fuller to the airport and then taking his car and driving back. Now remember, this is this episode was made for 1997, so having a Range Rover in 1997 was a big deal. And it makes sense that Coach Fuller, a former NBA star, would have a custom-made Range Rover. But the car scene in this episode, in my opinion, is considered one of the one of the funniest scenes ever in Hang Time, where you have, if you think about night at the Roxbury movie with the uh, with the head dance that's basically what that's basically what you see you have the three amigos and Julie doing this head dance even though Teddy's aka Anthony Anderson is the only the one that's actually on rhythm but you know it happens that way sometimes but you have them acting a straight-up fool in this car showing that they're like you know driving this Range Rover and it's interesting that Julie of all the people I guess who would be considered the most responsible one to have this, to actually be driving the Range Rover. But after Coach Fuller tells them no eating, no touching, no changing the radio, all those rules get broken on the way to, on the way to this frat party that they shouldn't be going to in the first place because they're supposed to be going to, going to the um, to the parking lot, but they actually go go to this frat party. See, see Michael and Barry Beth and, and Christy play this frat party. And then, of course, you know, what happens if you take a car to the wrong place? Something happens to the car. And that's exactly what happened. And they end up losing it. They find they they find the car. And. Of course, instead of immediately telling Coach Fuller the truth, they find a way to to try and not tell him the truth. Mary Beth and Christy were smart, like, I'm not getting involved with this. I don't even know about it. But but the four, the main four, try to do something. Of course, they end up running laps once Coach Fuller finds out because, of course, he's going to find out. But but having this group, after so many cast changes, finally do something together which is fun and fun and funny, I feel like this is why this this episode should be on on the on number two of the list because I love the episodes where you actually have the whole cast come together and act together even though they may not be the main points of the of the plot line or the subplot line when you actually have really all of them involved it's a beautiful thing and like I said this car scene is considered one of the in my opinion one of the classiest scene classic funny scenes of of hang time and should kind of help shows Anthony Anderson and his funniest and why he ended up being such a comedic star and Emmy winner 
the later Emmy winner um, in his later years. I love, I love this episode. So you're probably thinking if I love this episode and you know I love season three, what episode could actually beat this episode in my mind? Well, let's find out. All right, before we get into that number one slot, I haven't forgotten about the honorable mentions that I talked about earlier. And the, quickly, there are three episodes that I want to discuss that are episodes that I feel are significant to Hangtime history, but for my opinion, for my evaluations, did not quite make this list. Um, so let's start with the first one. The first one is from season five called Shall We Dance? Now, why did I like this episode? The main plot of the episode, Shall We Dance, is about Antonio and Julie entering a swing dance contest, but not necessarily necessarily telling everybody at first. Therefore, Mary Beth, being Mary Beth, gets into her head that Antonio and Julie are trying trying to be together, you know, as a couple. The problem with that, of course, is that Antonio is dating Christy. So you have this whole plot line of Christy being jealous of Antonio and Julie, even though Antonio and Julie are not together. On the show, that is. What's so funny about this episode is that you can see the real life chemistry between Jay and Danielle who play Antonio and Julie. And if you know, if you don't know, they are actually together in real life. They started dating right after the show ended and they're still together at this point and have kids and are married. So that's what's interesting. You can actually see, like, kind of say, okay, I get it. This is, this is why they, they fell in love off screen. I'm glad they're together now. Um, but also that is also the subplot line of the, of the prank show, Prank War, that, that Silk is a part of on the show. And pranks, pranks and prank wars have a history on hang time with the very first one between Danny and Julie on the very first season. So between those two things, I kind of wanted to include this episode because, you know, I love, you know, putting the connections of both real life and and on screen connections. But I did feel like the other episodes that are on this list kind of outrank it. So but I did want to mention that another episode that I wanted to mention um, is from my favorite season of, of Hang Time, which is season three. And that is not a Damata. So why would I want to put this episode because it's the episode where we get to see a lot more events in her, his family. The main plot line is that his brother Nicky spent some time in Paris and he hadn't seen him for a, a long while but he's moving back from Paris and you know to go to high school back in Deering and I guess Nicky was a a man's man that was that was in the football and the sports and the video games and all of that um, during during uh, before he left for Paris and now he went to Paris and now he's into writing poems and being about culture and art and and Vince couldn't understand that that his brother had changed and he wasn't the same person that he was when he was growing up and that's the main lesson that Vince regardless of the differences and changes in his life that Nikki was still his brother and he should be able to accept Nikki for who he really is and they're still brothers regardless so the significance of part of that is is two things one Nikki was played by Billy L Sullivan who is the real life brother of Michael Sullivan who plays Vince so you had two brothers in real life playing brothers on the screen that's that's not the only significance of it the other significance of it 
is that Billy Billy Sullivan in 1996 started in a sitcom called Something So Right that was the first season it was on NBC, the second season it was on ABC after NBC canceled it. However, on the NBC season, he ends up falling, his character Will ends up falling in love with a the best friend of his stepsister named Cindy. Cindy was played by Megan Perlin, who plays Mary Beth on, on Hang Time. So it's interesting to see that connect. Like I said, I love connections. So to see that connections of one, two real life brothers, but two, having having Billy O'Sullivan play the brother of of the the well, Billy O'Sullivan playing going on hang time with his former on screen love interest, who is now the on screen love interest of his real life older brother. I think that's I think that's hilarious, and I don't know if people actually put that together when they originally saw the episode. I did. I didn't know though until until later after the episode aired that that um, Vicky and Vince and Nikki are real life brothers. But I did know about the something so right connection when it actually showed um, in in nineteen ninety seven. So good for that. Um, but that's one of the reasons I like that episode. Um, I think because those connections, I wanted really to put it at the top 10, but the actual plot line, um, is okay, but it's kind of, it's kind of weird, even with, you know, the behind the scenes stuff of, you know, Billy and, and Michael, and of course, you know, the something so right connection. I didn't know if that would be, be, uh, be able to be put on this list specifically. And I feel like a lot of other season three episodes outshine the the that episode but i do feel like it deserved an honorable mention i guess the, the third the third honorable mention as well is all the way from the first season stranded um the episode called stranded where the the initial group of the team from season one end up literally stranded in the gym overnight because a blizzard comes through daring um one of the reasons I didn't include it because it didn't have enough Michael in it for me. He was he he had one of the funniest lines in that episode. I think of of all the seasons, like was because Earl and Mary Beth were were in you know in home ec class and you know got a you know electronic baby to take care of for the week for an assignment, as you see a lot of in these in these TV shows. And his first look at the baby and said, "Someone sprayed ugly all over that baby." I love that line. But the main plot line of it is, again, they get stranded in the blizzard because they lost a game against one of their rivals. And Coach Fuller wants to do a Saturday practice, Saturday in, early in the morning. So Michael oversleeps and didn't go to the Saturday practice. But everybody else was there right before the blizzard happened. And then the blizzard happened and they're stuck overnight. Now, Michael is the one that helps, helps rescue them towards the end of the episode. But because of all the issues that are been going on between the characters, between Chris and Chris and Julie, who are starting or are dating secretly, but are not open about it, between Danny and Sam, who are having kind of relationship issues, who are who are dating openly, but still having relationship issues about defining their relationship between Earl and Mary Beth trying to 
um, facilitate this false marriage relationship for this class and who's taking care of that electronic baby more and who needs to take that responsibility. And then you know have Coach Fuller as a coach, as an adult, trying to handle all of this around him and trying to be kind of like a a parent at this time. So, so I think it's a great episode that shows all the kids together. Like I said, one of the main reasons I, I didn't put on this list because as much as I like this episode, I and I do, it didn't have enough Michael in it. And I like episodes. If you're going to have the full cast together like this, you should have the full cast together, which is why the number one episode on this list is number one. All right, so which episode is a top starter of the best episodes of Hangtime? Which episode is the top MVP with over 100 episodes in six seasons? I will say this much. The best episode, in my opinion, is not from season three. As much as I love that season, and you know I do, the episode that I have as the top episode is actually from the season before it. So the best episode of Hang Time, according to Saturday High School, is War of the Roses from Season 2. So let's get into it. So why this episode? Why is this episode the perfect, you know, example of how good Hang Time can be? It's because it involves a plot line that starts out small but ends up involving the whole cast. And there's so much stuff going on. In the episode but you don't notice it with all the things that are going on it seems like it all fits together but when you actually list out the things that happen you're like oh my god how could all this fit within a 30 minute episode and what did they cut out so let's talk about real quickly what all that happened in this episode again it involves a whole cast but it starts with a main plot line that starts with two people Mary Beth and Vince Simple enough, Mary Beth paints the locker room pink without telling anybody. Danny and Teddy discover it first, but they also say the person that would hate pink in the locker room the most is Vince. Now keep in mind, in the, in the story, in the episode, they don't know at first that it was Mary Beth that painted it. Even though, you know, as viewers, like, who else would paint the locker room pink? But anyway, they don't know. At least not officially at that point. But Vince sees it. He freaks out, I like badly, but Teddy calms him down and said, you should write a letter to the person that painted it, telling them to thank them for painting it, but please paint it a different color. Vince, being Vince, doesn't do it calmly. He calls him a, the person a lame moron and they should die. And then he signs the letter unanimously. And yes, you heard me that right. I said unanimously, not anonymous, because you know Vince and his mis mispronunciation of words. He signed it unanimously. Of course, we find out it is Mary Beth that painted the, painted the rocker room. She gets the letter unanimously and she goes off. She hates the fact that this person would actually say this. And of course, she immediately knows that it's Vince. So she decides instead of talking to him directly about it, she decides she's going to get him back for saying that mean stuff in the letter. And that's where everything starts to snowball. It starts with a small prank of Mary Beth convincing the brother of a girl that Vince dated to to uh, to threaten him, kind of in the way kind of the way she felt threatened by the letter that Vince sent. Well, Vince didn't let that go. 
Vince instead gets gets his pranking hat on and decides to do two things. One, give a chili dog, which is pepper sprayed, you know, with has pepper on it, to Mary Beth to eat. She doesn't fall for that, but what she does do is talk about talk about the, the teacher that she wanted to get extra credit from. Vince films it, the teacher sees it, and she doesn't get the extra credit. So it could have stopped there. They could have ended it. But no, that was just only the warm-up. So she ends up telling another girl that that he dated about his secret imaginary friend. He ends up publishing her all of her diaries and putting it in the school newspaper. And this gets back to the point where it affects them not wanting to be a part of Julie's surprise birthday party. But Julie ends up having her surprise birthday party. They end up separating on opposite, staying on opposite sides of the room so that way they don't affect um, Julie's party. But that doesn't happen. They end up getting into argument. Mary Beth grabs Julie's birthday cake right before Julie walks in and tries to throw it straight into Vince's face. Of course that doesn't happen. Instead, she, she ends up doing it straight into Julie's face. So here it is, Julie in her own birthday party, escorted by her boyfriend Josh, with her own cake all over her. But that's not, it should have ended right there, but no, it gets worse. So after, after the thing that happens, Mary Beth decides to really go too far and change Vince's grades in the computer so where he's ineligible to play. And if that was enough, Vince eventually tried to get, get her back by actually accusing Mary Beth of being a kleptomaniac and actually trying to accuse her of stealing Coach Fuller's wallet. Coach Fuller's had enough, kicks them both off the team. It gets that bad where they have that mock court session with everybody in order to figure out what's going on and try to get to the bottom things. So here you have, after all of that's going on, then you have the infamous mock court session that you see in a lot of TNBC episodes with Teddy as a judge, Danny as Vince's fake attorney, you have Amy as Mary Beth's attorney, and then everybody else as witnesses, Josh, Julie, and of course, Coach Fuller. So they have a whole session of talking about who did what to who, who's more at fault, who's in the wrong, and who should pay for things. And after all that is done, Judge Teddy makes a decision and they end up in that locker room repainting the, the locker room from pink to a brown color. And that's where they finally discuss, you know, maybe we should have talked this out with, without, you know, burning our friends and involving everybody else, finally. But make no mistake, I'm, I'm glad they didn't talk it out because all of the hilarious, hilariousness that happened in this episode makes it the best episode of Hang Time ever. And it's interesting, you would have think right here and then they would have, all, they would have acknowledged their feelings for each other and would have got together at this point. It's, it's a good and a bad thing that didn't happen. That act, the War of the Roses happened before Southern Law, a couple episodes before it as a matter of fact. So again, after all that, we still got to get some more Barry, Mary Beth versus Vince action before we got Mary Beth and Vince action. But with all the pranks and the mock court session and the side, and the side um, 
plot of Julie's birthday party. All of this is involved in a 30 minute episode where you have everybody at their comedic height. Mary Beth being Mary Beth, Vince being Vince, Coach Fuller being uptight Coach Fuller, Teddy being Fuddy Teddy. Even Amy gets involved in the storyline as well as well as as Daddy being being sarcastic and being overly cheerful. Everybody is on on 10 in this episode, and that's why I love it. I'm actually going to probably do a a full podcast on the review of this episode um, soon enough, but this episode shows what hang time can actually be, and that's why it's at number one on this list. All right, so thank you so much for joining me for this special hang time anniversary edition of Saturday High School. Um, before uh, we leave, I'll go back over the 10 episodes that I feel like are the best episodes of hang time of all time. Um, at number 10, we had Let's Get Ready to Rumble for season one. And number nine, we had Love Triangle from season four. And number eight, we had Hello and Goodbye from season five. At number seven, we had Harvest Moon from season two. At number six, we have Life 101 from season six. At number five, we have Game Day from season one. At number four, we have Fuller's Big Offer from season three. At number three, we have Son-in-Law from season two. We have, at number two, Coach Fuller's Car from season three. And then at number one, the best episode of, of Hang Time, in my opinion, I have War of the Roses as season two. So again, thank you so much for listening to me talk about one of the best shows of Saturday mornings. Um, and congratulations again to the cast and crew of Hang Time. Even though you're not on the air anymore, I still love your episodes and I know I'm not the only one. People still watch them on YouTube and hopefully, hopefully, maybe me making this podcast and, pe and people still watching the episodes may mean that we get to have those episodes on Peacock, um, just like the Saved by the Bell reboot. We can, we can hope and determine, but I think if anybody, if any of these episodes or any of these shows should be on Peacock. It should definitely be the entire TNBC lineup, but that's just my opinion. But again, thank you so much for joining us for this special Thursday episode of Saturday High School. Um, if you have not subscribed, please like, share, subscribe to this podcast. Again, we're, we're here on Apple, Spotify, Google, and all major podcast networks. Um, and you know, of course, we are, Saturday High School is a part of 90scenculture.com so please visit our website and please go to Facebook, Instagram and Twitter where we talk about not just TNBC shows not just shows that's, that was on Saturday morning in the 90s but at 90 Scene Culture we talk about everything 90s specifically in movies, music tech and TV so thank you again for joining us for Saturday High School we'll see you next time class is dismissed